Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. We are back again. One of these days, we will put out the us, the guys, the fellas shirt. Sooner rather than later, maybe. And, uh... <laughs> quick, tell Polly and her, I will. We need another design ready to go. Why don't you tell her yourself? Like, you're always going to be, like, I'm, I may be her boyfriend, but, like, I'm not her, like, agent. That's, I mean... You could be, though. I could be? <laughs> See, so Tugi goes through Endo to get talk about shirts, and then he has to go through Polina to make sure Endo's going to be on time for the podcast. You know it's, the it's... best thing? And hopefully I will remember to put this up on the pod. And you know what? I will, I will find a way to do it right now, uh, because otherwise I will forget. She... <laughs> So basically, I was asking her, like, she put together this design from when we were on FIFA. It's a cartoon style of me just face palming. And I'm like, I'm putting that on a shirt or a mug or something because it's hilarious. And I'm like, hey, check into this other thing. And I'm just like, you know, you could just message her, right? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, that's fine. I will message your girlfriend, whatever. Um, and then she's like, well, hey, in case Endo's ever late again to anything, Hold on. feel free, feel free. To use this design, and it's absolutely incredible. I don't even know how the hell I'm going to be able to screen share it to you guys. I, there's probably an easier way to do this that would make for much better audio, and that is okay. But I am going to pop this up on screen right now. It is the Batman symbol with uh, with Endo Mills uh, logo <laughs> in the Batman symbol. <laughs> I got uh, like the, the the light. Yeah, I got to. Uh, yeah, I'll send it to you guys in our group chat really quickly. It is absolutely tremendous. So it's funny, Sin, that you had mentioned that uh, because it's perhaps more relevant uh, than it's ever been. And there you go. That's in our group chat for your lovely Which group chat did you put it in? Oh, Twitter. Uh, the, the, yeah. Oh, I was looking in Discord. I'm like, I don't see anything. Yeah, I wasn't sure where to. Uh, what was the best way to make sure everybody could see this? But you know, it's okay. It is what it is. <laughs> anyway, hi everybody. Endo's obviously here, Sin is here, and we're going to talk about everything that's happened in the hockey world over the weekend and through Monday night because it has been uh, an incredibly busy time with the Stanley Cup playoffs going on. And of course, there have been some things outside of the playoffs that have happened as well that we want to talk about as well. So, while Endo's busy, Sin, how was your weekend, buddy? It was pretty good. Um... Yeah, I didn't really do a whole heck of a lot, <laughs> but it was... That's a good weekend. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. It was just relaxing as hell, and uh, yeah, well, we had to start back on the uh, the casting on Sunday, so that was nice to enjoy the week off, but we're back at it now. There you go. Fair enough. I, I had about as exciting of a weekend, considering, uh, especially last night, I fell asleep incredibly early, missed out on streaming. Granted, Monday, you don't really consider it the weekend, unless you were in Canada, it was a holiday. You got that going for you. Yeah, I slept thank for like you. Fourteen Queen hours. <laughs> thank you, Queen Victoria. We we appreciate you, even though we barely talk about you. I mean, that's that's what most holidays are in the U.S. now, isn't it? Yeah. Or in North America in general. I mean, even, I mean, every like how many holidays are one? Like, it's always the, like the Fourth of July. If it's not like the Fourth of July or something that involves someone getting free shit, do people in America care about the holidays? <laughs> yeah. Nah. I mean, like. You know, nah. Day off from work, man. That's 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 all it is for most people. That's exactly how it is viewed. Endo, how was your weekend, friend? Uh, it was good. Um, God, what did they even do this weekend? 
I have no, I have no. Clue That's the sign of a good weekend where you're just like, I didn't do shit. I can't even remember. Yeah, I think I was just like playing around, just messing around with games, just enjoying sleeping in a lot. I think is what I did. Just, just a lot of sleep. Catch up on more sleep, like I needed any more sleep. But yeah, how about you? What'd you do? Uh, slept. There you go. <laughs> like, legitimately, I'm sitting here trying to think, like, what did I do on Saturday? I got nothing. Nothing. Saturday and Sunday, already a complete blur at this point. Especially, God, yeah, especially Sunday. Sunday was weird. Because I got, like, four hours of sleep, sitting and I had to wake up to do a, a sports gamer broadcast, and just, it's always a blur. It is an absolute right. blur. Sid and I got to announce... That we're, uh, we're going to Finland yeah. in less than a month. Jesus, yeah, it's coming up quick. <laughs> As a really good friend of the uh, show, a really good friend of ours, uh, the Crease Police, who people in the uh, EANHL community might know, he noted that uh, Sin and I are the first North American casters to call a major Sixes esports event in Europe, which is pretty damn sweet. That is pretty A awesome. lot of people would be like, a lot of people are like, what the hell does that even mean? And does it mean a ton right now? Maybe not. But if the esports scene picks up like it should, I'm going to be bragging about that for a long fucking time. Uh, <laughs> in terms of how it's going to affect the podcast throughout the month of June, we'll see. Uh, because at this rate, that could be right in the middle of the Stanley Cup final. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Nice. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes in the middle and of June. I'm gonna June be gone Sunday. for almost three weeks. Like I know you're. you're yeah, back. So, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm like fucking middle fingers yeah, up. I'm, I'm just staying in Finland. I'm I'm gone <laughs> for like a week and a half. Sin's gone for like three weeks, even before that. Yeah. So I mean, uh, not quite June's three weeks, be, but seventeen days. That's quite some time. I'm excited. June's gonna be a very interesting time uh, for both Sin and I <laughs> and this podcast as a result. But again, we'll update all of you on that as we uh, as we learn more and as we get closer to the dates. Uh, so you know, with that, let's kind of move into what we do. Before that, though, as always, this podcast brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. You can use code two K checkout twenty percent off your order, free worldwide shipping. Again, that is at Manscaped.com when you use the code two I got no weird funny things to say about the advertisement this week you guys know the deal you know what they do you know if you need them or not and if you don't know if you need manscapes products i i i don't know what to tell you because everybody does everybody does that's right i said it it's a universal fact i got nowhere to go with this no one's throwing me a life draft it's fine let's move on to viewer questions here. Cartoogiemanscape.com. Spherical deodorant. They got you covered. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Again, uh, the link to the Discord is in the description. Regardless of whether you are listening or watching this, you can get your viewer questions in for us like these fine people did. And gentlemen, it's becoming a theme as of late, so screw it. Let's go for it. Let's start off with some food questions. Now, Endo saw this and asked, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. In know. regards... <laughs> to this question and uh boy how do how do i answer this one i'm gonna look it up the question comes from red's rebels pepsaroni pizza eat or no eat now if i am not mistaken if i am not mistaken this god was it um who the hell was making this I think I don't know if it was just a local place in like Detroit. Yeah, it looks like or it. in the Michigan area and people caught on about it. But basically the idea is it is 
uh, a pepperoni pizza, but, but, uh, I believe the dough no, is the, infused. It's the pepperoni itself that's infused. It's the pepperoni itself that is infused with zero sugar Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I see it here. The meat slices were reduced with the soda instead of water. Huh. Now, I give all the credit in the world to whatever local place this is in Michigan, if it is indeed Green a local place. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what it looked like, Greenland pizza. Good for you. Nobody outside of Michigan or even Berkeley, Michigan, would have known anything about this. And now all of a sudden it turns into a gigantic internet meme and apparently other uh, other places uh, and bigger markets around the country are planning on rolling this out. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Were they able to get um, some kind of patent on it or are they just going to get fucked? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, probably I not because it's a Pepsi product. So, yeah, they're screwed. <laughs> right. I was going to say, I don't know if Pepsi, you know, came to them with the idea. If they just came up with the idea, who the yeah. hell knows? Um, you know, hey, good for them. Uh, you know, in a, in a world, like, put it this way, would I try it? Sure, why not? Uh, you know, in a world where um, I can't look at Twitter without seeing horrific news, yeah. including right now as we're watching or recording yep. this podcast, um, if I can look at Twitter and one of the top trending things isn't something horrific and it's like, oh, here's this fucking pepperoni infused with Pepsi, if I can look at that, it's a good day. So I would try it. Sin... I mean, we, we've heard you before about pizza. Yeah. We talked about favorite pizza types last week, did we not? So, would you give it a shot? Absolutely, I'll try. I'll try most things once. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's a cool idea. It's gonna have a little bit of a like a probably caramely, sugary ish flavor to it. And on top of that, I don't know how that'll mix with the saltiness. But I, like again, I'd try it. Like, cause what the fuck? Like, it's so it's so bizarre. You'd have to try it. It might be really good. I just don't know how much of the flavor would come through through just the pepperoni itself. That's why I thought it was the dough that was infused with it, because you'd get a taste of it everywhere. Yeah, no, it's just it's just the way they do they how they like treat the pepperoni or whatever. Like you usually want it through this water type. I forget exactly, uh, but yeah, they do it with Pepsi instead. And hmm. who the hell knows? But yeah, Endo, would you give it a shot? Yeah, of course. I try everything at least once. So that way I know if I like it, I don't like it, or if I'm allergic to it. Which is great. There you go. <laughs> which means that I am at a higher risk to die. Because <laughs> I will try everything at least once. Uh, As no, the heaviest person of this podcast, I do agree. It sounds rather interesting, honestly. I would definitely love to give it a shot. I think making it myself would be kind of interesting, too. Just leaving salami the soak for like maybe like a day or two. But how long would you soak it for? That's the one question. Oh, I don't know. It's I was I only briefly read it. It's essentially part of the, uh, I think part of the curing process or so. I don't know. Yeah. Actually. Our next question comes from Hawks again, also food related, and it is what it is. Greatest snack food of all time. I feel like we answered this before, but you know what? The, I feel like the answer can change on any given day. One snack. Mr. Sin for the win, that if you could have in front of you right now, what's your number one choice? Uh, hot Cheetos. And if it's a, if it's in a formal <laughs> setting, salami and cheese. Like an hors d'oeuvre type mm. setting, always always mm. go for the salami platter. 
But yeah, hot oh Cheetos are the most elite snack on the planet. I will get a bag. I will eat the whole thing in one sitting. I cannot help myself. Mm-hmm. I just do. It's so fucking good. It's 1,500 calories in one of those fucking full-size bags. I'll nom that shit mm-hmm. down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go extra hard the next day at the take. gym. That's your, that's your daily intake right there. Just one bag. Oh, man. I, I, I have to agree. It's the best thing ever. I think um, just cheese as well. I love cheese. Havarti. Uh, that's the type of cheese. Uh, yes, it is. Mozzarella type of cheese. Motherfuckers <laughs> 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 just naming up cheese types. He's like, it's, it sounds like you're lying. And you're just saying cheese types <laughs> you've heard before. Like you're trying to be normal. Like you're Mark Zuckerberg here trying to be a human. Like what the fuck? I don't. I don't know what how this always happens on this oh. podcast. But even when Deej was here, we had a segment where it's like, okay, real cheese or fake cheese, and I'd give him names of cheese. There's just something about cheese that always comes back to this podcast. I don't understand. Jalapeno with cheese. That's good cheese. Monterey Jack cheddar. That's that's a good cheese. No, like, uh, oh, God. what is your guys' favorite cheese? It's the segue off of that, too. Mm. God. It's tough. It depends. Right. What am I eating the cheese? Like, am I, am I just eating it plain? Am I eating it with, like, salami or something? Is it going on a sandwich? Because if it's going on a sandwich, it's got to be Swiss. Uh, grilled cheese, you have to use American cheese. If you're going, like, eating it with salami, Monterey Jack, Pepper Jack, and Sharp Cheddar are the best for that. Havarti's <laughs> also really good in sandwiches. Yeah, I use that with beef, everything. Though. Because it has, like, that low melting point. You can just put that in mac and cheese. You can put that in anything you want. Put it, put it in a sub. Put it in the oven for a little bit. Have it on top with a little bit of um, uh, Genoa, like spicy Genoa. Uh, sp- Do you uh, know salami. about the cheese bunker? Yeah. yeah <laughs> the American cheese bunker where we have thousands of pounds of cheese. Government cheese. <laughs> Government cheese. I want to tour the cheese bunker sometime. It's not, you can't even call it a bunker, it's just literally an underground, huge, like, bunkers you think are pretty small, but this is massive. All the yeah, cheese. Yeah, they also have one for, um, for, was it, every, Packers, like, plant? The <laughs> they have one for, like, every plant, or, like, some seed for, like, every, like, fruit or whatever? Just oh, then, no, yeah, but that that's a doomsday device. That's just like, hey, if we ever get fucked, here's all the plants. They also have embryos of, like, animals and shit. Bad. <laughs> dude, yep. dude, he's just okay. done. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. We we went down a rabbit right, hole. We'll move on. Yeah, but they call geez. that the arc. It's essentially an arc because they're holding all the DNA for uh, full uh, flora and fauna, essentially. Nice. You know, Endo and I make uh, jokes related to the YouTube channel Game Grumps uh, a ton, and one of the most consistent references we'll make is uh, something along the lines of this, and they mention this in the episode, obviously replace the subject matter. Uh, but this this episode will be known as the one where um, where Endo and Sin talked about cheese for a long time. <laughs> that wasn't even that long, was it? It was like a couple minutes. It kept going. It was a couple minutes. <laughs> longer than he wanted uh, it to go on, that's where, that's all that matters. It ain't easy being cheesy. Right. My answer to the greatest snack food of all time, like, man, almost any fucking type of chip. I have actively tried to stop eating potato chips because holy fuck. It doesn't matter if it's Doritos, if it's Sun Chips. Uh, I think Lay's put out these things. They're called Poppables. What? And they're like this really, like, airy, like, egg-shaped type of chip. Jesus oh. Christ. Dude, uh, it's, it's, oh, it's bad. Oh, yeah, I think I know. Th- th- yeah, that came out. Those were a while ago, weren't they? 
Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. those now. Dude, it's just like my god. Like yeah, pretty much any type of bag of chip you could put in front of me right now. How about Pringles. Like, Ooh. Ooh. Mm, notice it's how I said bag. Oh, that's Pringles true. are okay. They're actually not. Pringles did you know okay. they're not considered a chip? I did actually. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I was shocked when I found that. Out. Oh, I don't know because they're not technically potato chips. <laughs> it's like how Subway's bread isn't considered bread. It isn't. <laughs> that's like most no. of their sandwich. And what the fuck is Subway? At least yeah. I think that they they changed their formulas afterwards. I think, but there was so much sugar in the bread, they said it couldn't be defined as bread. Disgusting. Yeah, what the, why, dude? Why do people? Ugh. I hate America's hey. so weird. Just trying to get everyone addicted to food by putting sugar in it. What is that? Canada oh, stuff is pretty good. Not gonna lie, like the bread there is like it's pretty decent. The one thing I've noticed a lot with like different food chains in America. God, I'm hungry as fuck Canada. now. I hate you guys. All right? you guys. I know. I know this is gonna happen. Like, you swear to God. So they want us oh. to get hungry so we fight each other. I swear. But, like, yeah, Incredible. with Subway, like, in Canada, like, a lot of the food's different because there's different places to get through, different standards for uh, for culinary and all that. I'm here at the Subway in Ottawa, Canada, and they, they messed up my bread. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this bread taste so sweet? This bread it's tastes conspiracy really sweet. here in Ottawa, Canada. That in Ottawa, Canada, it's because of, uh, Eric Carlson left. He's the quality control manager of <laughs> you know what's really funny about that? There's actually someone I think we know of him. Uh, 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 fan of my channel, maybe your channel too, Tuki. Super senator. He got into mm -hmm. a um, an altercation with someone at Subway because they wouldn't give him off tuna on his tuna sandwich. Yeah. Why the fuck are you ordering tuna at a Subway? You trust that That's shit? That's the real question. Holy. I will not I will not eat a tuna fish sandwich unless I or my dad is the one to press. Yeah, are you fucking kidding me? Like, fish? You don't want to mess around with bad fish. Dude, yeah. it got to the point for, like, for a month straight. He was just talking about tuna and tuna sandwiches. And then, like, in Terrio's channel, uh, friend of the channel, obviously, love him to death, um, they named him Tuna-O because <laughs> he just wouldn't shut up. Jesus. Oh, the whole We're situation. moving on away from so food. Fun. No more food. Stop. Done. Cutting it. Done. <laughs> no more food. <laughs> we got a long show. Uh, I'm going to do these last two out of order. This is from Scroop Noopers. Scroop Noopers. Scroop Noopers. Uh, question for the podcast. What is your favorite post-apocalyptic depiction in movies, television, or literature? And describe why it's the Mad Max universe. <laughs> so your favorite post-apocalyptic depiction. That's a tough one. Does it, that's very tough. Uh, um, tie between for me, it's a tie between the Matrix and I Am Legend. Um, but mostly the Matrix. I think that's that's such a cool fucking idea, and it was so so unique for its time. Just the way they described the the way you saw it, and yeah, I think that's the best. That's got to be the best for me, the Matrix. Oh, God, I'm just trying to think, because it's such a, you know, ridiculous, like, it's a very vast genre, especially in the past 15 years or so. You know, you think about that, especially even if you're just talking about the sub-genre of, of zombies and how that took off, you know, around 2009, 2010, yeah. and then everything was out there in regards to that. So it is... Oh, it's very, very tough. 
Um, Endo, do you have one? Because I'm, I'm still trying to... I'm starting to think. I feel like The Matrix will be a very popular one. Oh, it wasn't I Am Legend I was thinking of. Hold on. What was that other stupid fucking movie that he was in with his son? Irobo? No. Um, no. Fucking... <laughs> Irobot. Oh, After Earth! After, After Earth! After Earth! Yeah! That, that movie yeah. was was kind of forgettable in some ways, but that when sucked. they went back to Earth, that was so cool to see, like, how essentially Earth had fought back and kicked all the fucking humans out by everything evolving to kill humans and shit. That was cool. I mm. really liked that. But I Am Legend was good, too, but... Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, if they just cut have all the, the space scenes of After Earth, it would have been a great movie. Would have been great. I get, like, I get like, exp- like, like building up a story and yeah, all that. Yeah, but what's your but favorite post-apocalyptic... Depiction. Uh, he already said Wally, didn't he? Oh, did he? Wow. Oh. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know, I think it would be Wally. Because it's just like everything's trash. Everyone's fat. He's fat! Yeah. <laughs> just. There's just something about it. Oh, and then, God. like, how like um, it's completely. The exact opposite because Disney made NFTs and it's like you're you're really fueling Wally to happen right now. Don't make it real. Anyway, so he mentioned in the question movies, television, or literature. Mm. If it was anything, it would clearly be The Last of Us. But he didn't Ooh. say video game. But The yeah. Last of Us takes the cake absolutely in my regards to storytelling in a post-apocalyptic setting easily. Um, you got to play Dying yeah, Light if you haven't. I have. I the have. First That's one, up there, oh too. Oh, my God. The first, yeah, I haven't played the second one yet. Me neither. But. It, it, for some reason, it doesn't It doesn't pull me in the same way the first one does. I don't know what it is, but it's just missing. I don't know. You know, it's funny. Sim- similar type of games. I feel like the first Dead Island was that way, yeah. too. I didn't really There's enjoy the second one, one, but that I believe yeah, so, yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. I thought that was an expansion. Yeah, Dead Island It might have been an expansion. I think that's regardless. the same team that made Dying Light. Or, I think so too, yeah. or at least the, the like the majority Sober, of them. I think, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of this because there was tell. so much hype for Dead Island. That it was when a great I got game, the, though. Yeah, when when I yeah, bought, when I enjoyed I, it when I first played it, like when I did the re-release, I was like, I feel super underwhelmed considering how much talk there was about this game. It didn't age super well. Like yeah. it didn't age super. Well. It it looks okay, but I, I love that it's a legacy for a lot of people. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, obviously, around the time Dead Island came out, like GameStop pre-orders were just being fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah. Do you guys know what the GameStop pre-order was for Dead Island? It's like a hundred bucks, wasn't it? Yes, but it was a woman's torso. <laughs> what? <laughs> like a bloodied woman, like a mannequin torso. <laughs> Bro, GameStop tried <laughs> everything. Oh I, I don't remember. That must have been the ultimate edition because I just did the pre-order. I got like a special recipe to make this like thing that was a Legit. bat with two like bl- spinning <laughs> blades on it and shit. If Sick. you look up the Dead Island pre-order bonus on Google Image Search, the third one there, it's of a it's of a bloodied like gory mannequin torso in a in a Union Jack bikini with gigantic tits. Uh, no other way to put oh my it. God, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just why it might have been for Riptide instead of Dead yeah, Island, but regardless, it's just Riptide, yeah, because I didn't remember that Jesus at all. Jesus Christ! So yeah, I think it was Riptide. I like, loved Sam B though. Me. Sam B was my boy. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, he was my main on that game too. Who do you voodoo, bitch? Oh my god, who do you voodoo? 
<laughs> so can we play oh Dead Island? God. Are the oh. servers still up? Otherwise, we're parsecing that son of a bitch. I have no clue. That would be... Oh, man. That'd be hard to play parsec with that. Probably, yeah. Yeah. but I think they're still up, at least not. on PC. Would it be difficult? Why would it be difficult to parsec, necessarily? Um, if it's, it's on the Xbox, if it's through emulation, because of uh, the latency. Yeah. And uh, yeah. maybe because of the hockey. quality of the Whatever. game itself. Who knows? We got hockey to work, though. It yeah. might work. Uh, my final answer is John Travolta's Battlefield Earth. Um, no, it's not. Uh, one of the most panned movies of all time. Um, I mean, for TV shows, I want to shout out The Walking Dead. When it was at its best, it was an amazing show. Um, there was also a show on NBC that only lasted like two seasons. It was called Revolution. It was a very cool idea of just the electricity just went goodbye. And it was Earth without electricity and kind of how primitive it makes all of us um if i had to choose movie wise three came to mind escape from new york um children of men which was uh god who was it clive owen um just the idea of women randomly become infertile Uh, it's a really weird movie um and then honestly the most recent planet of the apes trilogy was fucking Mm -hmm. phenomenal um and in terms of choosing the favorite, I don't know, because like I said, i got to be honest, if video games are an option, it's, it's again, it's The Last of Us no matter oh, what. Oh, man, but... yeah. If I had video games as an option, there's a lot I could do. And that's, that's, for, uh, that's for Thursday's show, because yeah. next show is going to be on Thursday. So we're going to need a lot of viewer questions on Thursday, so ask away at that point. And our final question, how long are we into the show? Like at least 20 minutes, half an hour maybe. Comes from Piney, who knocked it out of the park with his question on last show. And he follows up with this. You're able to have one NHL broadcaster follow you around for the day, calling everything that happens to or around you. Who do you choose, and what would you do that day? I already, yeah, I already know this. Go. Easy. Go ahead. Dan Rusinowski, radio broadcaster for the San Jose Sharks. He has such an incredible... uh, Incredible voice, number one. But uh, he remembers so much, so much shit about everything. So he'd be given like backstory on like shit I was doing. Like he, I don't know. There's something about him and his voice that is just so exciting. And for so long, like oftentimes, like when I was at games or something like that, you can have that in your ear at the same time, like listening to the radio as the game's going on and stuff. Like kind of picked that up from my dad. He used to do that constantly. But back in the day, he used to have this big old headset thing with an antenna on it. So you can pick up the radio. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's who I would have. So, I'm. I have. I have three, mm, maybe four. Doc Emmerich, of course. Just for the just for the lexicon, the lingo. Yeah. Rick Janaret of the Buffalo Sabers. That's a pretty good one. I mean, the Mayday call, the La 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 Fontaine calls. I mean, come on, Gary Thorne. Because mm-hmm. he's just, in general, my favorite commentator of all time. But he's not NHL anymore. That's true. Fucked. And Jack Edwards. <laughs> of course. And, so. and, and any, like, minor inconvenience that happens to Toogie. <laughs> that should be a suspect! That person over there! Call Wait him up with tickets! <laughs> Somebody cuts me off on an intersection. Get him off the road! How? That's a suspension! He's talking to you. <laughs> he yaps like a girl on the playground. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like how it's almost mixing in the Seinfeld. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I don't. Obviously, I don't listen to Jack Edwards. I can't do his fucking impression. Oh God! <laughs> it, it might happen. You know, my answer. 
Um, is Sin doing a Jack Edwards impression? Oh God, I don't. I, that, that's that's an anti-impression. You have time to work on it. It's the attempt that I that have, I appreciate. You have three weeks in Finland to work. Can on Can we it. all agree though that Jack Edwards looks nothing like he sounds? The no, not at all. Nerdiest <laughs> fucking dude on the planet, but he's got this like Boston "Don't fuck with me" voice. Like it's so weird. Oh God, the best. Like he's from <laughs> New Hampshire too. Which is my favorite part. Oh, man. Good marketing. Oh, God. I love that, man. I do. Uh, Endo, your choice. What NHL... Bro- I'd go with Jack Edwards if I had to. What NHL broadcaster would you have follow you around all day? Then again, actually, if I had Jack Edwards do it, he might be too recognizable around here. Probably is. <laughs> well, who cares? Ooh. That's fair. All right, Endo, your choice. Um, Leafs, radio, um, now uh, play-by-play guy, Joe Bowen. For sure, I had a feeling. Now it'd be awesome because I I play I play hockey right. So uh, there you go. Have that the play at the same time. There's a fifth option that I didn't name, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think this might change your mind. Jim Hewson. He doesn't do commentary anymore, but think of Jim Hewson from you know NHL 03, 04, 05 days. A howitzer! Like, come on, you know. Yeah, but- <laughs> But I just want to, I also want to hear um, Doc just go, hit the post with the shot! Hit the post with the shot! Like, Raffle like, morning! Like you try to throw a piece of trash yeah. and it hits off the rim. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> saying. Just oh my god. Oh my god. If it's like that, god. I want um, the, the Raptors announcers when they called the, the Philadelphia, sh- they called the shot that Kawhi hit against Philly. <laughs> Game! Series! Toronto wins it! <laughs> I put uh, the key in. God. He's in, he's home! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as uh, as the food question goes, this goes as well. Uh, we could be here all day with examples and... Uh, Regardless, fantastic questions, everybody. Thank you again. Again, the Discord is there. The podcast questions section is right up at the top. Uh, With that, we have a couple of hockey things to touch up upon before we talk about the playoffs here to end the show. Uh, First and foremost, great, fantastic, phenomenal news uh, for fans like Endo Mills of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mark Giordano, at 38 years old, has signed a two-year extension Worth just eight hundred k, eight hundred thousand dollars against the cap. Unreal. This is steel. This is the Bogosian deal that Tampa got, but they got fucking Giordano to it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like holy <laughs> shit! I know it's one one less year, but Giordano's better. He's a bit older, I think, than uh, Bogo, but yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And, but and this is great. Still, it's insane. Like, you know. You can talk about whether or not Bogosian played... I mean, I don't think anyone would say he played the best hockey of his career. There were some moments, I think, that you could dissect about, like, okay, was he playing at his best? But regardless, a defenseman of his caliber, even if he is getting older, for eight hundred grand, you, you just can't beat that. And that is the type of deal and the type of buy-in that the Leafs need yes. to be able to do everything else with their roster that they have to do. Yeah. Um, you know, because we talked about it, and we, we know at this point... They're not making major changes. Uh, they have made some front office changes um, in regards to, I believe, like the director of player personnel or player scouting was moved on from uh, someone who used to be a, a blogger that was working 
with the Leafs for a long time, or MLSE in general. Cam Sharon, I believe, was let go today, which was pretty surprising. Um, but in general, they haven't made too many drastic changes. And I do think, in general, that is the right move, yeah. as we kind of talked about. Look at and look especially at they got fucking raffle stomped. We'll be talking about that. Don't worry. Um, but just in general, the idea of keep this core together because, well, you mentioned Florida. Look at the Lightning. Everyone was calling when they were swept by Columbus. Blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. They didn't. Look what happens. And what happened along with them keeping the core together, they were getting those pieces in place on super cheap deals to make that team work. The Leafs having Spezza for as cheap as they'll probably have him again next year. Having Giordano. This is what they need. Uh, this is tremendous. And let's be honest, if Mark Giordano's taking a pay cut, there aren't too many fucking people at this point that'd be like, oh, I think you should give me one and a half. Gio's making 800 Sign the deal or don't. Yeah, you want to be here for I, the ride? I, I think that's excellent. Gio, Gio knows what the fuck he's doing. He's made his money. He's won his yep. awards. Like, But more importantly, as a leader, obviously, he's captain of Calgary. As a leader, he understands exactly what you mentioned right there, and I think that's an excellent point to bring up. He's setting an example for these guys, maybe at the tail end of their careers, or guys going to be in depth roles. Like, don't fucking try to get your money's worth. We're trying to win here. This is what we're trying to do. I think that's an excellent precedent to set by him. A really good job by Kyle Dubas to be able to, you know, do his part and get that signed. And yeah, an absolutely phenomenal deal. Is the only way to sum it up. I know how you're feeling as a Leafs fan. I mean, I, I imagine, like, obviously, look, you know, hey, you're in the aftermath of... And obviously, I think right now is a very interesting time for Leafs fans in general because of, yeah, what happened in the Tampa and Florida series and kind of frustrations there of what could have been. But, oh, I know you that know, looking ahead... Yeah, I think we all do. Yeah. Um, you know, looking ahead to this offseason, I mean, this is the perfect start, is it not? I think so, honestly. It's... um. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's it's a good signing because he could drop off of a clip like performance wise, but you're only paying him eight fifty k. That's a steal. Regardless, to have someone even like underperform on a basically minimum contract for his age bracket because he's kind of old. Let's be real. Like he could retire after next season and still be productive and still have made a difference on this team while saving yeah. cap. That's nuts. And it, it, like you said, it shows uh, the other talent there that you, you're going to want to buy in. And if you're willing to buy in, you might reap the benefits. I, I think that I we say this every year, but with how the series went, we'll talk about like Florida and everything and that. With how that series went and how this team kind of gelled together and still didn't really, they, they, they didn't break. It just kind of bent a little bit. I think next year is a good year. Again, maybe they won't set a lead like a like a team record or anything, but there's a lot of unity in that group, especially with Giordano taking 850k. The uh, Dallas Stars uh, have moved on from Rick Bonus as their head coach uh, in a move that um, you know, honestly, like I think not that it matters. I think they allowed him to use the term step down instead of he was fired out of respect. And if so, I don't have an issue with that. No. Uh, but the bottom line was it was pretty obvious every Stars fan was kind of clamoring for it. It was it was time for a different vision there. You know, that vision worked for a little bit, got them to that 2020 Cup Final against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But 
it was definitely time. Uh, you know, and he was viewed as one of those coaches where, you know, again, Sin, you mentioned it, right? Like, he coached the original Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Uh, when we when we had had uh, them mentioned on the show last week, like maybe that's the, the dude. I, I I'm having a weird bit of deja vu here. I thought we talked about this point and the next point on their last podcast, but maybe I'm completely fucking wrong on that. You know, you might be that uh, with the Rick Bonus thing. The last or the next thing uh, mentioned as well. And again, if we did talk about the Rick Bonus thing, hey, it is what it is. And if we didn't, I think I can speak for all three of us. It was the right move. Absolutely. This part uh, broke like right after we stopped recording is what happened here, but I wanted to make a mention to it, even though it is a couple days old at this point. Uh, in the 2022 WHL draft, the Vancouver Giants picked up Chloe Primarano, uh, who was the first women's skater chosen in any CHL selection draft, which is cool as shit. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's cool as hell. Uh, and a long time coming. And again, I, I remember Endo's reaction. She's like, oh, no. Or, you know, you're just like, oh, she's not a goalie. Because yeah. that's what we come to expect. Like, yeah, if... If a woman gets a chance in, in one of the CHL leagues, it's because she's a goalie. But no, she is the first skater selected here. So, again, I think I speak for all three of us when I say it's really fucking Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. She's a defenseman, and she puts up pretty yeah. decent numbers if you look at her uh, the uh, elite prospects, me, her I stat. imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I saw a link. I can't remember exactly what it's from. But, yeah, she's putting up pretty good numbers in whatever the... I don't know how. There's so many steps in Canadian junior hockey. The CSSHL under 15s with the Burnaby Winter Club under 15 prep squad. 19 points in 30 games as a defender. Not bad. Um, mm -hmm, Yeah, not bad at all. You know what's uh, horrifying, though? What? (laughs) People born in 2007 are getting uh, drafted. Yeah. To the uh, CHL leagues. Yeah, Yeah, I I was literally 17 years old. And they're. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in fucking middle school at that point. Like, jeez. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the tail end of high school, man. <laughs> Holy like, shit. I think I'm like just like getting grade four, grade five. I thought you were going to say just out of diapers. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. If he's hitting grade four, grade five, he is just out of diapers. What? And, and, Yo, and, in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, yeah. When the fuck did you get potty trained? I was. I oh. came out the. I came out the womb ready to use the water. I was just giving you shit. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and I was taking my shit in the toilets. I came out the womb with a newspaper under one arm, wearing <laughs> slippers in a bathroom, yeah, saying, "Hold my calls." He had his chimney sweeper, <laughs> chimney sweep hat on. Yeah. Oh, fuck. oh, that's great. Beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful. But the one uh, thing the I'm final thing about, like with her or situation. Not. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Is um, if she. If she takes the deal in the WHL, she ruins her eligibility for the NCAA. What? That's one thing as well. Yeah. Why? Did you know about that? Why? Yeah. Apparently, if you if you take a Canadian Hockey League deal, you cannot play in the NCAA because, technically speaking, you're getting paid work. That is true uh, for yeah. both men and obviously really? women. Really? Why do I think that? that's, that's, why, that's why Austin Matthews, if I'm not mistaken, went over to Switzerland oh, instead. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's why I, Adam Fantilli went over to the USHL because uh, he, he can't get paid over there. It's all um, – everything's provided you for you. in the WHL? Yeah. Technically, it's, yeah. It's, minim, it's like minimum salary because you're with a billet family and they pay, uh, they pay out. Yeah. I, have, I have friends that's who play bizarre. right now. You're in high school making money. Huh. It's a very fucked up system and a very outdated system. They're and, underpaid um, regardless if they're going to talk about payment. They get paid like barely, barely minimum wage. Technically, if you look it's, at it. It's basically the NCAA thing. 
right? Yeah. I mean, in general, in terms of oh, well, they're amateur athletes and shit like yeah, this, and it's just uh, obviously in her in, in her case, unfortunately, it does stand out because obviously, like, okay, if you're you know a young uh, woman and playing hockey, where's the best spot for you to go? It is the NCAA. You know, I mean, there's not that next step up necessarily. You don't have a, a CHL and an NCAA necessarily. It, it is. It, you're right. It does put her into a bit of a tough spot and. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe she'll be the catalyst for some uh, outdated rules changing sooner rather than later. One can only hope. Final thing I wanted to mention, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins re-signing Brian Rust. Might have also mentioned this on the last show, too. I don't know. Sin's got me second-guessing everything. No. Uh, but he signed a six-year extension worth just 5-1-2-5, uh, which is a phenomenal deal. That's a great deal. Uh, for him as well and what the Penguins needed, knowing that they also still have to re-sign Malkin and Latang. So a... Uh, Five. A pretty, a, yeah, <laughs> they're hoping, I think. So a pretty a pretty good contract for Brian Rust as well, yeah. how much you uh, call him a product of Sidney Crosby or not. Um, they did that to get yeah, I, for years, so I mean. Yep. Yeah. I never understood that because how many people did the Penguins put next to Sidney Crosby and it they didn't they didn't click? Like, you can put someone in that spot, but just because it's Sidney Crosby doesn't mean they're going to, you know, the Crosby's going to carry yeah, he, everybody there. Not everyone, but he, it takes, he does boost their games. Like, that's, that's, I think yes. that's undeniable for sure. But yeah, not everyone's going to jump in there and be a great goal scorer. Like, the thing that, the thing that I always like to bring up, obviously, that Connor McDavid turned Maroon into a 30 goal scorer. But at the same time, Maroon, he only scored 27 on Connor McDavid's wing. And uh, you put Evander Kane there, and everyone's like, oh my God, look at him score. He got a hat trick. I'm like, he had three fucking tap ins because of Connor McDavid and Drysaddle. Yes, he's solid, and he's better than Maroon, obviously, but, like, yeah, I would say, to a point, like, I, I understand people saying someone's a product of that player, uh, probably playing above their level, but, yeah, they are, you obviously still have to be able to keep up with them, and, like, that was my thing, Brian Russ was obviously capable of keeping up with Crosby, to the point where mm. it boosts his game, and obviously no one denied Evander Kane being a good hockey player, but, right, it's li- re- really weird to me, uh, how desperate these media types are to hold him up it's it, it it rubs me the wrong way the same people who are like quiet about the kyle beach thing i don't know i'm just i'm not going to get into it but that was just something that uh popped in my mind the other day i think that's fair enough yeah you're yeah, not wrong you're, you're not wrong at all it's the people who are really really hush hush on one topic and then like until it becomes like almost unavoidable then they address it but like you, you gotta talk about the good and you gotta talk the bad like i know a lot of people don't want to talk about the bad, but that's a part of the sport and reporting news. Oh, well, don't worry. We, we got some bad to talk about here in a oh, little bit yeah. as we move into talking about the playoffs. But that's for a little bit later on. I wanted to mention uh, as we move into talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll start off uh, with Carolina and New York, which I feel like is the series that we honestly have the least to talk about. Uh, you know, Carolina was up 2 nothing. The Rangers do win game three. Um... You know, it was kind of highlighted by the fact that uh, at the end of Game Three, Gerard Gallant was seen yelling at Tony D'Angelo to shut the fuck up because <laughs> he was getting into it with Max Domi. Like, what else was there to really talk about outside of that moment? Just the Rangers did well to avoid that three to nothing deficit. They probably shouldn't have been in that three to nothing deficit in the first place. Um, the, that you know, that's certainly the version of Igor that needs to show up if the Rangers are going to have a fighting chance at winning this series. He stopped 43 of 44 
If that version of Igor shows up, they have a chance to win. In theory, Carolina, in my opinion, a superior, you know, a superior team in terms of how they're built. As Endo's listening to something in the background, uh, you know, just a superior version of you know, in the way that they're built. Carolina's still the favorite to win this. The Rangers could, if Igor continues to play like that. Yeah. So, let's move on to talking <laughs> about this. <laughs> sorry to Rangers and Hurricanes fans, but I'm sure you get it. It's a boring-ass series. <laughs> I'm sorry. Compared, compared, compared to the other ones, it's a boring-ass series. Like, it, it's right. not their fault. It's probably cool for all the fans of that team. But, like, you got Calgary-Edmonton going on. You got, obviously, the storyline of Colorado-St. Louis. And, well, we all thought the battle for Florida was going to be better, but... <laughs> And that's what makes it a bigger story yeah. and has more to talk about. Let's talk about the Battle of Alberta here first. First and foremost, I will do this for everybody who has watched the first three games of this series. Yes, referee Chris Lee sucks. We knew he sucked. He still sucks. He sucks bad enough at his job that even Ron McLean called him out. And that guy usually has nothing to say. He spent his entire fucking career just setting up Don Cherry. Mm-hmm. That was his. That was his career. He has nothing to add usually, but he added that, so you know things are bad. <laughs> That's a good way to sum it up. So the Oilers, after three games, are up two to one. Uh, you know, Sid mentioned him earlier. Evander Kane, a natural hat trick. Again, the guy that you look at, you can never doubt his talent on the ice. It's just the uh, problems he's made for himself off of it mm-hmm. that uh, you know you can rightfully question. But on the ice, there's no denying Evander Kane was already good. And then you give him the opportunity to play with, not that he didn't play with very talented people in San Jose, he did, but there's an even, he's taking a step higher because he's playing next to Connor fucking McDavid. And Dreisaitl. And yeah. Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. He's got thir- He's got 10 goals in 10 games now, so far in the playoffs of the Oilers. Yeah. Not surprising in the slightest. Not at all. But, out of the Battle of Alberta. Uh, first and foremost, again, I'll mention these a little bit out of order, boys, off of our run sheet. Um, there were moments in the last game where uh, members of the Flames were uh, kind of targeting Leon Dreisaitl's ankle. And a lot of Oilers fans were like, hey, discipline? Yeah, do you guys remember what Jared Spurgeon did in round one for Minnesota? Literally, essentially, like, the, the motion of a guillotine chopping down on an ankle and nothing happened. Yeah, nothing's happening to Leon Dreisaitl uh, for his ankle getting swiped at. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. And nothing happened here in the major, major incident involving Milan Lucic and Mike Smith. Boys, should I just just go for it here? I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. I want to hear your take because I have a take. Go for it. As a goalie, I want to hear this. Both are at fault for the incident. That is my take. If you are, and from this play, I view it the same way. If you are Milan Lucic, it is not against the rules to stop pursuing a puck when a goalie is out of the crease and trying to play it. If you are... He continued pursuing the puck. Yeah, yeah I, know. I don't think he ever stopped. No, I know. I, you said it's not against the rules to stop pursuing a puck when a goaltender's... As, sorry, I should have worded that better. As in, oh, if a goalie's playing the puck, you have to turn the other way gotcha. and yeah. stop pursuing the yeah. puck. You don't have to do that. Milan Lucic the entire time is pursuing the puck. 
my opinion, the way Mike Smith plays the puck, and I'm not victim-blaming here, but Mike Smith goes to play the puck, it takes a bounce off of his paddle that he wasn't expecting, he has trouble finding it, and instead of just sending it straight in front of him, back around the boards, he tries to reverse it at the last second. Meaning, I'm sorry, if you watch Milan Lucic, he is holding up and trying to play the puck with the stick. If Mike Smith follows through with sending it in front of him, I think there is bare minimal contact, if any. But Mike Smith's decision to redirect it left Milan Lucic with nowhere to go. It didn't. I also agree, like, I don't agree with the, the, the people who are like, oh, Lucic really extended his arms and bulldozed through him. I agree with Lucic's take of like, look, if I was trying to blow the guy up, he wouldn't have played the next game. And neither would I, because I would have been suspended. I, I know that's a Milan Lucic thing to say. I 1,000% agree. Yeah. Because no offense, we saw what happened when Milan Lucic decides to blow up a goaltender, because it happened with Ryan Miller a decade ago. This incident was not that. So yes, is there contact between a skater and a goaltender? Yes, there is. Is Milan Lucic at fault? Yes, but is Mike Smith as well? Yes, he is. This is the equivalent of what would be, in Formula One, a racing incident. Neither side is exclusively at fault for this. I think the right call was made at the time in terms of game management to just kick Lucic out because what the fuck, this is going to explode anyway. And the right idea was made by the concussion spotters to pull Mike Smith until you knew for sure. And then he came back into the game anyway. Yeah, he did hit that wall a little awkwardly. And if your helmet pops off, that means there's a lot of uh, a lot of motion going on. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you have to check that. I'm kind of with you. Um, I think in my I was going to compare it to uh, a player when the when the, you know when you do a, a, a review and all that crap when. The Department of Player Safety used to actually put out those video reviews explaining things. I don't even think they do that anymore. Um, they might, but they do not publicize them as much as they did when Brendan Shanahan was in Absolutely charge. not. It's like they don't want people to know. Anyway, but uh, yeah, it's like the player the player putting themselves in a dangerous position. That's kind of what Mike Smith did. Like, you're not indestructible. You can't just expect to be like, yeah, you're a goaltender. You shouldn't be touched. But at the same time, I agree. The way he played that puck, like, it was... It felt lackadaisical because of how long it took him to do that, and like you said, changing his mind. And I think, yeah, it's such a it's such a weird, weird kind of line. Like Lucic, in my opinion, that he really actively tried to avoid him. Like the way he, the way it looked like they collided, it was like, yeah, I really don't think he was trying to hit him. He hit him. It's a penalty, yeah. but uh, it's not it's not one hundred percent his fault, and I don't think it was malicious in one bit. And I know people are you know quick to. You know, post the if memes. it wasn't, yeah. If it wasn't, if, if it wasn't, memes, yeah. There, it's a similar situation to what we're going to talk about with Colorado and St. Louis. Yep. You remove the number and the nameplate. Are people as outraged about the lack of a suspension? No, nope. no, they are not. But it's well, Lucic has a history. You're right to, at certain instances, look at the history, but you also have to look at the play for what it is. You can literally, I'm watching this play right now in slow motion. You can see Lucic actively digging his skates into the ice to avoid contact. He puts his left arm on Mike Smith, in my opinion, to try to not necessarily brace for impact and blow it up, but to try to continue to stop himself without doing so. But the problem is, Mike Smith 
is already off balance as it is from, again, reversing the puck back the other way. He's not going to have a perfect, you know, center of balance, you know, at that point in time. I don't view this as anything crazy. By the way, I looked it up. NHL.com does still put out these videos, but only if a suspension is handed out. So they have not put out a video uh, in the past 13 days since Darnell Nurse was suspended one game for headbutting. That's the last video that they put out. Yeah. Endo, your take on the Lucic Smith incident. Mm. So, Especially, too, with you being a goalie, I really want your opinion here. Yeah. So the way I see it is, if I'm not in my crease, it is fair game. It is fair game. I'm making a play out there to play the puck. Mike Smith is known for playing the puck. Either well or absolutely terribly, as we've seen so far this series. I don't think there was intent at all whatsoever to run Mike Smith at all. I do think there was terrible awareness on his behalf, on Mike Smith's behalf, of trying to play the puck in the position he was and the stance that he was, which resulted in this. I'm not blaming him. It was just a bad read and then a bad end result. I don't think Milan Luigi tried to run him, tried to run him at all. I think what happened is he was already going out of speed, and when he put his hand, like you said, he to brace himself. It looked like when he went down, he went to kind of hold him so that way he didn't fucking smash his hand or whatever into the boards. I've had that happen that to is... me in games. Not obviously the same fucking <laughs> speed, but like in general. It happened. And I, I, I want to say it's a part of hockey, but it is, it's something that can happen in a hockey play as president last night. I think it's as safe as uh, Lucic could have possibly made the play. You know, bottom line is, like, you have this gray area of what the rule is and what the rule isn't in regards to goaltenders. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why Steve Dangle, I mean, granted a lot of his jokes about uh, goaltenders, 10 the goal, is, you know, in case the puck ends up going in. But at the same time, you know, what is the rule versus what the rule should be when it comes to, well, goaltenders are out of the crease. You know? Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that goalies should be 100% fair game. But at the same time, there is no active rule of, well, you went out to play the puck. That means people have to, it's like, oh, five-foot rule. Like, pretend I have an invisible bubble around me. Five-foot rule. Like, you remember when Peter Morazic was on Carolina? It was the David Ayers game. And he just came storming out to the top of the circle to play a puck. Yep. Like, at, at a certain point, the goalie's decision-making and their judgment in the spur of the moment, a decision to go play the puck, at a certain point, that too is a factor. Like I said, Mike Smith didn't charge out to the top of the face-off circle like Morazic did in that game, but where is that line between when, it, when a player is supposed to let up versus, well, shit, you put yourself in this bad of a situation, like... I think, again, that's just a whole other conversation that needs to be had in regards to the NHL. And when will we have it? Who the hell knows? Because look at every other aspect of the game that has this unnecessary, you know, gray area when it comes to the ruling and judgment. Yeah. So, aside from that, now that we've pissed off every Oilers fan by saying Lucic shouldn't have been suspended, uh, let's talk about Connor Goddamn McDavid. <laughs> He's a beautiful, beautiful man. And Goddamn. Oh, my damn. God. He's a he's a magician. Just that's that's it's 
it's it's a privilege. It's a goddamn privilege being able to witness this man play hockey. As great as Alex Ovechkin is at goal scoring, as great as Sidney Crosby is in an all-around sense, this is the greatest player our generation has had the privilege of watching. Yeah. You know, sin at, at at my age I have some brief like memories of Gretzky at the end. You'll have a few more than that. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't get he to was experience on the East, Prime though, Gretzky at that time, right? Like he was in New Fair. York. Like he was yeah. in New York. I didn't really We didn't get the chance to experience Prime Gretzky. Yeah. This I've mentioned it before on this show. We're gonna get to talk about the likes of yeah, man, we got we got to grow up watching Crosby and Ovechkin and it was dope. This is the guy. Yeah. This is the greatest offensive player I have ever seen in my life. He does things that shouldn't be possible. That's how you know. Listen, like, he plays at a higher level than fucking everyone else. Like it. <sighs> listen to these two numbers here. Connor McDavid is the first player in history with nine multi-point games within the first ten postseason games played in a single postseason. Nine of his ten postseason games so far have been multi-point games he's the only player to ever do that then there's this one from jay fresh mcdavid's 23 points in 10 games so far first of all 23 points in 10 games in the playoffs how stupid is that man (laughs) mcdavid's 23 points in 10 games would have led the playoffs in scoring so the entire in those in those the entire playoffs, first round, the cup final, done. 23 points in 10 games. That would have led the playoffs in scoring in 2011, 2012, 2015, and 2019. Wasn't Couture like still at the top in 2019, like even after the cup finals? Were, or, or, or he was, oh, shit, I can't God. remember. I remember this, like Couture was having such a crazy playoff year because that's what he does in the playoffs. I think it was 2019. I think Brad Marchand had the lead for 23 points in 24 games. So yeah, but Couture had like 21 or 22 through three rounds. Couture had 14 goals, 18-19 playoff scoring. Hmm. Uh, it was uh, Couture 20. Yeah, okay. That must and then Marchand and O'Reilly both had 23. Of course, they went to the uh, Yeah. They went to the Cup I just final. remember for at least yeah. like almost half of that Cup final series, they're still talking about how Couture was still leading in a – in points, and he had—I think he had the most goals too until the end. I can't. Anyway, that, that, he did have the—he did—he yeah. did have the most goals by the end of it with fourteen. That's yeah, next filthy. highest was twelve. That's pretty. Filthy. And that was Jaden Schwartz on the cup winning blues. Yeah. Um, you know the other years that were mentioned: twenty fifteen, uh, Tyler Johnson, Patrick Kane, both had twenty three points, which again is as many as McDavid has now. Uh, twenty twelve, the point leaders were Dustin Brown and Anze Kopitar with just twenty. And in 2011, the point leader was David Krejci, also with 23. Insanity. Crazy. Absolute insanity. And you notice how many of these guys were a part of the Stanley Cup winning team. Oh, yeah. If if the Oilers win the Stanley Cup, he has a legitimate shot at scoring 50 points in that amount of time. Yes. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) That's the only reason I hope it happens, just to see the ridiculous amount of points he puts up. I hope they keep going. Here's, I, like, here's the thing. I think Cal- I, I have Calgary to win it, but, like, hilariously, Oilers have the lead in the series. But Well, at this point, I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't. I Cal- Markstrom is looking awful. Like, and yeah. the, 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 you, you can't 
slow down McDavid. We've seen Sutter's doing an okay job, but here's the problem. That team now has ways, I, and I got to commend the coaching. I, I, I know this guy pretty well. Um, he used to coach, obviously, for the Sharks. Well, he was an assistant. Uh, he was under McClellan. Um, mm-hmm. So he's an excellent coach, and the way he's being able to make it work where with matchups and the when, when he'll send out McDavid and stuff like that, just to continue to give different looks. Like he's, he's doing a good job of not allowing Calgary to be able to shut things down completely. Cause it's not just a team anymore where you can shut down McDavid. They have enough speed and difference makers now, not enough depth still, but they have enough where you can't get comfortable shutting them down. And I think that's important. You know, you pointed out Markstrom, and it's not wrong to say that he has underperformed. He has. At the same time, uh, you know, there's been a large debate over expected goals, especially this postseason already. Um, Markstrom has made quite, I mean, as bad as he was in game one, especially those two Zach Hyman goals that really stand out. Yeah. I think it was game three where he stopped 3.3 goals above expected. Wow. Yeah, that's not completely on him, but his, his something about his glove still looks fucking weird to me. Talk Maybe I'm he focusing basically, on it. I think I'm like Louis on Louis Deming has taken over the body of Jake Markstrom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, again that's I mean, goalie coach. That's something with the goalie coach and not being able to put two and two together. It's it's weird. Goalies are weird. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how the rest of this series goes to be honest uh game four is tonight edmonton goes up 3-1 i think they have this series i think so too there's no way i don't know there's no way Connor mcdavid is going to allow that team at this point to lose three straight he will find a way mm-hmm. right like this this is a must win for calgary mm-hmm. tonight and you know the thing is you know you look at the team's matchup we talked about how close it was the coaching and stuff like that but the X factor that we didn't expect was this defense. I mean, we did expect McDavid to be the X factor. I don't think we expected a Sutter coach team to struggle this much defensively and for Markstrom after how fucking good he was in round one against Dallas. Now look, totally different teams, totally different offenses. He looked like the Vesna candidate in round one, and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's ramp it up about ten notches from Dallas's offense to yeah. Edmonton's and everybody on that Flames team is not handling it very well. No. To say that to put it nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so something I, I noticed about um this series, not to cut you off. Um go ahead. So the Oilers cut you have, off all the time. See? It's okay, yeah. The Oilers have fifteen goals in three games. Yeah they do. <laughs> the Calgary Flames have fifteen goals in all of the first series against yeah. Dallas. Firepower was never going to be an issue for for Edmonton, obviously. But if you're you you're you're going to get outshot, you're going to get outscored. So that's why my reasoning behind um saying that Edmonton's going to take it and like blow past them is the reason why. Like I'm just looking at the sh- like the goal differentials from last series for both of these teams to now, and it's like one team's clearly terrible at defense. I mean, both of these teams are bad at defense, but who's going to be worse? Because yeah. so far, it's it's that and goaltending. Yeah. And Markstrom's not getting the job done. Who are they going to go through? Who is their backup over there anyway with, with Calgary? That's kind of crazy Vladar? how the playoff goes. Uh, Vladar. Yeah. Yeah. Darth, Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> Former Bruin. I'll say this. Um, 
and obviously we'll get into talking about the other Western series here in a second. I am begging for a Colorado-Edmonton Western Conference final at this stage. Like, I really, really do like Calgary. I think people have, have been able to, to tell that listen to the show. Uh, I want McDavid. I, it, dude, it's, it, it is irresistible for us, a movable object of those two offenses going head-to-head. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, who comes out on top of that? I genuinely don't know. Um, that's what you want to see. Have... It's just elite talent on top of elite talent. I think like that's not to say Calgary doesn't have elite talent, but think about the, uh, just the amount that Colorado has. And then of course, just the, the, the sheer quality of top players that Edmonton has, like, that's what you want to see in, in, in a conference final situation. I have to agree. Just the, just the idea of like, yeah, it's, it's McKinnon and Rantanen and company against McDavid dry side. <laughs> So again, like if Calgary wins tonight, the conversation on Thursday is completely different yep. about what it is. Like again, and we'll talk about that game. Uh, what would be Game Five heading into uh, you know Thursday show? We'll talk about that. The question is: Is it three one Edmonton or two two Calgary? This is a must win game for Calgary on the road. You had Sutter, I think, openly. He was the one that openly said like, "Oh yeah, our boards were kind of rattled a little bit by the environment." I love Daryl Sutter, but oof, that is not something. The next series we talk about, the term bulletin board material comes up. I don't know if that should have been said publicly. Uh, that, you know, it might, you could use it as a wake up call for your players to be like, hey, I thought you were rattled. Fucking be better. But at the same time, that building is going to be damn loud. Yeah. And if they were rattled in game three, like, okay, yeah. it's, I, I view it as like Sutter putting out the personal challenge of like, all right, you were rattled. They're going to be even louder for game four. Step it up. Figure it out. But it's all, I, I see what you mean. The fans are going to see that and they're going to see it at such a higher level than we used to see it back when Sutter was, you know, obviously coaching before. Like the internet was still there, but it's so much bigger now. It's so yeah. much bigger. Yeah. But that, that's what that Sutter doesn't give a fuck. He'll say whatever the hell he wants. Like that's just Sutter. But yeah, I think you make a good point. The, uh, the Markstrom chants are going to be in full effect, and uh, Calgary's in big trouble if they give up that first goal, especially early. I'm very excited for this game tonight. This is huge for both of these teams. The other two series that we have to talk about, um, I decided to talk about this one first so that we don't have to end the show on such a, a serious conversation in a sense. The Colorado Avalanche are now up 3-1, to one on the St. Louis Blues after last night's win 6-3, to the final. It was really 5-3 to with an empty netter. There's obviously a lot to talk about from the past two games yeah. with these two teams. Uh, first and foremost, Colorado, who have had injury troubles, especially last year, derailed their run. Uh, they have lost Sam Girard for the rest of the playoffs with a fucking broken sternum. Brutal, brutal injury on... What was essentially a routine hit that you see in the playoffs, it was no more like physically violent than what you would typically see. Just a really unfortunate outcome there. So yeah. uh, obviously best wishes to him, and that really, uh, really sucks to see him out. But, uh, you know, there is some, I mean, I think, yeah, it's Jack Johnson that stepped in to replace him. Maybe not the most depth you want, but it is an experienced player. Yeah who isn't likely to be rattled in this situation. And let's be honest, Jack Johnson's not going to be called upon to be the man no, he's not. for this team. That's always been the issue when it comes to Jack Johnson. Is I feel like he was in two bigger roles all the time. If he plays like this depth role, I think he's fine. Like he's yeah. a fine defenseman. He, he gets shit because he's always expected to be in bigger roles, and he just can't. Right. Game three. Highlighted by the incidents 
involving Nazem Kadri and Jordan Bennington. Uh, I could only think to uh, split this up in a variety of, uh, of different little subsections here. Right now, I am watching this clip again. Bennington makes a save. The puck goes to his left. Kadri is in a foot race with the Blues defender. If you look at Nazem Kadri's directory of his skates, he is in no way in the same path as Jordan Bennington. No, it's only he until is contact not. is made. There's a, there's a video on Twitter. I think I retweeted it and stuff. I don't know if you've seen it, but someone literally has lines going yeah. as the player. That is the one I'm watching right yes. now. That is at Z-B-E-G. Yes. Uh, Zaim Beg, uh, or Zaim Beg, excuse me, he literally has it in his description, has this clip up. I, uh, I'm watching it right now. You can literally see the lines and how both players' directories change after contact. This is a routine play. I'm going to make the equivalent very similar to Mike Smith and Milan Lucic. I would even say there is Audrey's less at fault than Lucic's. Even, yes, even less so. There is less intent there. You see this all the time. It's a defender and a forward crashing after a loose puck in front of the crease and going for the puck. There is contact between Kadri and coincidentally former teammate Callie Rosen that sends both players in to Jordan Bennington, who is looking to slide back across the crease. Kadri's arm is extended, collides with the leg, and then I do believe, yes, his right arm was the first bit to collide with Jordan Bennington, and then Rosen's body comes through, further sending Kadri's arm into Jordan Bennington's head. This is a hockey play. Yeah. End of. Yeah. End of. Now, First and foremost, Bennington, I do believe, was injured on this play. He is out for the rest of the series with a uh, sprained knee. That's not ideal. I have thoughts about Jordan Bennington. Most Blues fans will say, oh, 2019, that's why. Um, I, I, you know, if I had thoughts about him before, him swinging his stick at people's heads uh, certainly sealed those thoughts. You can be a Blues fan. That's perfectly fine. Jordan Bennington is a douchebag. I'm sorry, he is. That is a big part of the reason, though, as to why he is where he is. Josh Donaldson, Blue Jays legend, current Yankee, is a fucking douchebag. You know, granted, I, I am aware of his backstory and everything, but Josh Donaldson is a douchebag in that he channels his anger and douchebagginess into propelling him to be an incredibly successful athlete. That is what Jordan Bennington has done as well. I don't know about his backstory, but he channels whatever he has to channel into his motivation to go from ECHL goalie to Stanley Cup winning goalie. He is an incredibly talented person. He is also a douchebag. Yeah. It's like the time he fake swung uh, his, he like fake punched at Eric Carlson when he was like getting kicked out of the game. Yep. <laughs> and then when uh, I think it was, it was Dylan Dubin that came over to challenge him, and <laughs> Bennington wanted no fucking part of it and just skated yeah. away. That's, he is. Yeah. He's Brad Marchand. <sighs> Brad Marchand off the ice is a lovely human being, by all accounts. Yeah. On the ice, he does a lot of cheap shit to get in his heads uh, into his opponents' heads 
and to do what he has to do or what he feels like he has to do to get his team. I always feel like it's pretty controlled for Marshan though. Every time I see Bennington, it's it's his emotions. Ten years ago, maybe not. Yeah, maybe now it is, but. We're not. I can't say this as a. We're not that far removed from him licking fucking. Who was it? Nikita Kucherov. We're not that far away yeah. removed yeah. from that. You, you, you licked know? Uh, Cobb, Was it uh, Leo Komarov? I thought it was Kalev. Oh no, he he licked the Lightning player too. Yeah, he's got a t- he's got a like, tongue for the blue he's light. Multiple, pe- multiple people. What the fuck? Yeah, oh, yeah, stinky. yeah. Yes. Anyway, yeah. So, I had no clue anyway, about that. I'm saying all this about Jordan Bennington to say I'm not happy that the guy got hurt or rooting for the guy to get hurt. However, let's look at the response to this. Um, direct response from Jordan Bennington. Um, all but confirmed that uh, he threw a fucking water bottle at Nazem Kadri while Kadri was in mid-interview? Yeah. Douchebag. Yeah. yeah. Temper tantrum. And then there was the response from the Blues in general, or should I say their lack of response. Now, again... A lot of uh, people, I don't know who would be listening to this podcast that feels this way about me or my opinions, so it is what it is. I don't know why I allude towards this. A lot of people would, uh, or those type of people would say, oh, 2019 as to why I don't like Craig Berube. And look, I've, I've, you know, made it quite clear. I find it funny that someone who made his career in the NHL as an enforcer, as a goon, would complain about the referees, especially in the 2019 Stanley Cup Final. It worked out tremendously for the Blues. It worked. Good stuff. This was his response, though, when asked about the uh, the incident with Kadri and Bennington. Quote, look at Kadri's reputation. That's all I have to say. Now, remember that. Remember that. Unless you guys have thoughts on that first that you want to say, but in particular, yeah, remember that quote. His reputation is absolute shit. Um, Rightfully so. Right. Yeah. Rightfully so. Greg Berube is what I'm talking about. Like, he has no business right. well, talking about people's reputations. That's fair. In I will say, though, that for Nazem Kadri, yes, the guy has his reputation. So does Milan Lucic. Does that automatically make them guilty? Absolutely not. And that's what always kind of rubs me the wrong way, is uh, is that everyone's like so quick to look at a history, and yet there's so many players out there that we talk about all the time, sneaky dirty, because they don't get punished, so therefore they can never have a history. <laughs> We're talking about one of them in a few minutes, oh, yes. don't worry. Oh, yes, we are, and yeah, I this guy has been like this for and never been punished, and that's what's insane. Yes. So, um... We have to talk about the response online. Oh, yeah. And um, obviously, it's a, it's a topic that has an incredible amount of weight behind it. It can be difficult to find the right words to, to explain how vile this is, how strongly we condemn it. It's very difficult to find the words. But... Nazem Kadri's wife, I do believe, shared a lot of the DMs that were sent to Kadri on Instagram. Um, and first and foremost, fair play to her. Uh, she didn't blur out any names. Yeah, yeah, good. Good. Put scum like this on blast. Here's the thing: a lot of people looked up the uh, a lot of people looked up these people on other social media, and yeah. There's a lot of adults here. Um, there's some middle schoolers. Yep. At least one middle schooler uh, as well, which is concerning. 
um, on its own. Yeah, certainly. there was a member of the U.S. Marine Corps who sent a message yeah. towards Nazim Kadri as well. Good so, Lord. there you go. Dishonorable discharge, bitch. Everyone else, tell their teachers, tell their bosses, I don't care. We don't need yeah. any of this. Real consequences. Obviously. I ain't calling it. I'm not buying the cancel culture shit anymore. That's just you wanting an excuse to be shitty. Like, yep. it's, no. Like, the only way these you can't say, oh, take it easy on them and they'll change. No. You take it easy on them, they will not change. Their life needs to be obviously flipped upside down for them to realize, oh, I shouldn't do this. But even at that point, so many of them are, that's why we have cancel culture and the whole scary cancel culture thing is because those people at that point still refuse. They still refuse to get it. Now, Mike Stevens, um, at Mikey Stevens 81 uh, who is of the uh, Hockey News, Sports Illustrated as well, shared a couple of these tweets. Also uh, said, A family member of one of these accounts reached out to me just now, desperately asking me to take down the tweet, because his brother sent that message to Kadri while he was drunk, and now their family's getting attacked and they feel unsafe. Damn. Do they? Do they? Um, I'm not going to read all of this. I was told that Kadri should just ignore the naysayers. Are you yeah. saying right. that things that you say and harass like and harassment are bad? Crazy. I, I thought you know words hurt. Wow, who'd have fucking thought? Words have power. Um, crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I'm not going to read all of this, but um, we're not reading. Yeah, all you know, quote, you got, are we? No, but obviously not all of them. But should you be put on blast if uh, you say, "quote You should have never came to America, you fucking immigrant." Yeah, because he was born in fucking Ontario, wasn't he? Or on in that yeah. area? Yeah, born, born, yeah. In, born, in, born in London, Ontario. Yeah. Um, should we put someone on blast that sends uh, a message like this to someone? Hope you get on a plane and it blows up in Muhammad's name. Yeah, should you put someone on blast like that for yes. everyone out there to see who this person is? Absolutely. Yes, you should. That's yeah. not an invasion of your privacy. That's not cancel culture. That is society putting your dumb ass in check. Yeah. I don't know where we made this switch where people no longer we want to be held accountable, but it's the same people saying that everyone is entitled and there's no accountability. So I'm very confused as to where they draw that line. It's like you just... Freedom... <sighs> Today, today is really tough um, because obviously this is not something we are going to get into. But uh, another major incident has taken place in the U.S. where people like to refer to uh, their rights as Americans. And in a case like this, people will say, my freedom of speech. And as we will say every time, freedom of speech is not freedom from consequence. Yeah, and if you have freedom of speech to say shitty things, I have freedom of speech to take what you said and show people. Exactly, (laughs) and they get to make their fucking decisions on it. That's and this is also called free market, okay? And I know you love your capitalism. This is what that is. Hey, here's a product you created. This you said this. Let's see how the market, aka society, reacts to it. If they don't like it, oh, maybe you should stop being a twat. I'm addicted to that word now. By the rule rules rules for thee, not for me. Absolutely, is the attitude that these type of people um, take up as a defense for their shitty actions. Um, Like I said, it's very difficult to find the words to properly condemn this. Clearly. uh, The the thing is, I am confident in... Scum. (laughs) I am confident in our audience that we are preaching to the choir. I am. You know, there were a few years ago, and uh, look, I have lost uh, who I thought were friends and acquaintances over this mindset. I have lost viewers, uh, people who would 
fucking sub and donate on Twitch. So literally, like, I've lost friends, I've lost money over this, and I don't care. There were a few years ago where I would take that kind of, all right, let's not try to upset either side approach. And it's been a while since I said, fuck that. This is who I am. This is my values. I surround myself with people like this, like this. And if you call it an echo chamber, whatever, I have made it very clear who I am and what I stand for. As have both of you. Pretty sure that's why we're good friends. <laughs> uh, and I'd like to think that the people who listen to this podcast feel the same way. And if they don't, I'm torn between asking you why and at the same time just wanting to tell you to fuck off. Because it should be pretty obvious as to why you are in the wrong. Do either of you have anything to add in regards to this specifically before we continue to talk about this? Do either of you have anything to add in regards to these attacks? No, I just have a lot to add about when uh, Barube having no comment. That's next. And I'll get there. That's next. Well, well, then we'll talk about that here, Endo, unless you got anything. Yeah, um, Nazan Kadri is my favorite player. He's he, he's by far my favorite player as a Leaf, as a as a Av. To see this shit happen to someone who you kind of idolized growing up, you know, it's like it, it hurts different than something else. I know I usually say don't idolize people, but that's an athlete and someone who I looked up to in a way. When I used to play out, I'd model my style after him. I was really, I was a grindy motherfucker. I got into the corners, fought hard, threw a lot of body checks, you know, just play that game. And to see uh, someone get all this flack for an incidental call, I think it's absolute bullshit. I think it's still proof that we have so far to go, and people could say the excuse, oh, well, you know, it's Missouri and they're known for that. That should change. Um, a good friend of mine, a good friend of out mine, maybe yours, I don't know, Ender, lives in Missouri. Uh, I've had conversations with him about certain things that his parents or certain people languages they talk about. And the things that they, he hears from other people on a daily of certain things and slurs being ran out like completely, it's disgusting. Hmm. And like, I, it, it's to the point when I heard like, oh, rumors about this happening. I didn't even have to think. Be like, oh, what if, well, maybe it could be fabricated. Of course it's fucking real. Of course it's fucking mm-hmm. real. Yeah, I love the we people, have, have... So sorry to cut you off, but the people who bring up, oh, look at some of these accounts are new. What if they were made up, you know, they're, they're, they're like, like they're just saying essentially false flag because some of the accounts are new. Like, you think people wouldn't make a burner to say racist shit? Who are like, come on, like, right. really? Anyway, continue, Endo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the smart ones make a burner. The ones who show the true intentions leave the regular accounts up. Like, one of the things, too, about the situation was someone used an abs girl, like, um, like, in, like in one of the ice girls or whatever, her, like, her face on an account, and people were flagging that girl, and then the, the Colorado Avalanche Twitter had to go through and be like, this is a fake account, this isn't real whatsoever, we've already taken into account, and we've rectified the situation. And, like, that's big, because... I'm glad the Avalanche are stepping up also as well and being like, we have no association with this account whatsoever. This is person is like, it's a fake account. Like, 100%. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. We still have a long way to go. 100%. Yeah. To, to everything that's going on. And again, I could talk for hours on this, but we gotta finish this show and talk about the yeah. good things that are about hockey. Because right. as much as we love to talk about the good, we have to talk about the bad. And 
I will always have that stance. And if you have someone who's mm-hmm. opinioning on this certain thing, especially racism and stuff like that, I don't want to talk about it. Other things, I'll have a, I'll have a discussion. But when you're advocating for these comments being towards a person, regardless of, of their ethnicity, you're 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 nothing to me. Perfectly said. Um, I will say though, that's always been my stance on this show too. Um, as much as I'd love to only talk about the positive. Unfortunately, there's still far too much negative to discuss. And uh, I think a big part of that is, uh, remember how the NHL did not apparently get back to a certain uh, association with the likes of Akeem Alou and Matt oh, Dumba? Yeah. And... Oh, yeah. And how they told them to like remove their likenesses from any promotions whatsoever. You can't use any mm-hmm. team logos or anything. I remember that. Big woof. Yeah. Craig Berube, the next day, I do believe, was uh, interviewed and was asked about the Nazem Kadri stuff and essentially didn't respond. He did not take the moment to even condemn the online response towards Nazem Kadri. Typical. Holy fuck. That is, here's the thing. He wasn't just asked if he would like to comment. He was given the biggest softball, the biggest setup to condemn it. And the man actively chose not to do that. You'd think someone who was suspended for a game for calling a black player in the past a monkey uh-huh. yeah. would want mm-hmm. to clear his name. And Because all the people out there, oh, this happened so long ago. How do you know he's still racist? Look at his actions now. He's changed, though, Sin. Look at him. How? He's changed. Yeah, I'm sure it looks like show it. Show me huh? how. Yeah, show me how he's changed. The onus is on him to prove that he's changed. I don't I don't accept that people change. You know why? Because I've been dicked over too many times in the past by people who say they've changed or giving people the benefit of the doubt. I don't fucking do that anymore. You show me, and then I'll believe you. He hasn't done that. He had an opportunity to do the bare minimum. He actively chose to do the opposite. That no comment thing, that's not because he doesn't want to weigh in on it. That's... That's as close to a dog whistle as you're going to get out of that guy. And I'm yeah. sorry. He he could have... I don't care if, if you're if you're the biggest blues homer. You have to see that at this point. And if you don't want to, fine. But you're wrong. And I hope when all the dust clears and, you're, and you stop being angry at this series and this series is long over, that you, when you look back on this, you can see just how clear it was in the minds of everyone else who's not a fan of that team. The response from Nazem Kadri. He scored a fucking hat trick in the Ooh, next game. Love it. Oh, that, that was poetic. I, I seriously got oh, chills the whole watching time, that. Just chills. hands up to the head of the, the helmet. Just let me hear it. Let me hear it. What you got now? That's. I think that right there is the greatest performance after individual performance after some bullshit like this. The unwarranted bullshit. Obviously, bias. Massive Kadri fan. But just greatest icing on the cake could not have gone any better. For me, even for me, a Sharks fan, it's up there with me uh, for the with the Pavelski payback. payback. Like honestly, mm-hmm. like that that obviously is the the coolest moment. But this is it. This guy just got death threats and shit, and he came back and scored three and led his team to victory. Like it's it's so huge. It's massive. Kadri said this after the game, quote, I guess I needed some fuel. I was pretty upset from the last couple of days. In response, um, it was also, in speaking towards Barube, uh, he wasn't happy with Craig Barube's comments, quote, starting with their head coach, he made some comments I wasn't a fan of. I guess he's never heard of bulletin board material. Way, way to go, Craig. You had an opportunity 
to speak up against something blatantly, horrendously wrong. And not only did you not do that, the other team took notice and handed you your own ass on your own home ice. Great coaching. Great coaching. Good job. Good job. What a great coach. Good for Nazem Kadri. Good for the Colorado Avalanche. In game four, there, uh, of course, were some incidents involving Nazem Kadri. And one of those players that we were alluding towards that doesn't have a history, but very much should, as a lot of clips going around on social media have showcased of this player. Uh, In that game, Kadri and David Perron ran into one another after a whistle. Uh, Bushnevich knocked Kadri over, and then David Perron came in with a cross-check. Then later in the game, of course he was fined for that cross-check, he wasn't fined for this, Kadri scores in game four, and the clip of David Perron trying, maybe not with all of his heart, but sticking an elbow out while he's skating at full speed past Kadri who just scored. Man, if intent was factored into these situations, you'd like to think there would be a suspension. Probably not with how the NHL works. This was one of the dirtiest fucking things I've ever seen. It was inc- If David yeah. Perron collided with Nazem Kadri on that, that's a fucking Matt Cook level blindside. Absolutely disgusting. David Perron, we've talked about on this show, he is a phenomenal fucking hockey player. Sneaky dirty. Not even sneaky dirty not in this more, instance. Yeah. Um, he's been a great player in this series, but holy fuck, was that... Like, I am watching the clip right now of, I mean, the cross-check, first and foremost, is fucking dirty enough. I am watching the clip of this near headshot, man. Kadri had to actually had to actively avoid him. Yeah, he, he scores. He turns and goes to fist pump and has to sidestep because he sees David Perron coming. Shoulder, elbow, like literally shoulder first. And it's funny after Kadri sidesteps him, you can see Perron go like this. And for those on the video side, uh, here comes shoulder, and then he actively yeah, he puts up. his fucking elbow up. It's dirty just, yeah. as fuck. Holy fuck. Like, one of the dirtiest fucking things I've ever seen. And how you, how you find him for the cross-check, but then don't take this into account. David Perron should not be in the next game for the Blues. He mm-hmm. shouldn't be. Sorry if we come off as anti-Blues in this series. I don't give a fuck. Um, the Blues have absolutely embarrassed themselves, both on the ice and off in the last two games. Well, if anyone thinks you're anti-Blues, they need to listen back a couple episodes again where you were ranting about I said they'd have a th- how they're going to win said, this series. You're like they can I, win this Did series. I not say that I thought they had a great chance of being up 3 to nothing because of how bad Colorado played in game 1? Did I not right. say that? Yeah. Dirtiest fuck from David Perron. Just gross. I think the best I, part like, about the clip, I'm yeah. The all-around vibe about the Blues right now is just gross and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. As it should be. And yeah. Tim Peel's out there that. advocating for him and trashing on Kadri. It's crazy. Hmm. Endo, you were going to say before I cut you off, I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. I think the best part about the clip that the NHL posted was that right after Kadri's, they did the replay behind the net cam, right after Kadri scores, he's both through the celebration go towards Perron, it cuts. It cuts. Mm. I can show you guys right now on the... the wait, 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 on, just... on what? On the official NHL thing? or? Yeah, on the official NHL uh, Twitter. Sent it in our group chat. It cuts away right when he's about to hit him. Wow. 
wow, hold on. It's I have so to see this. Pathetic. Like, like a highlight? Like they're trying to shield and like they're trying to Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like they make the save and the puck was across. And then right when right when he, he gets up and does a celly like this, the camera just cuts. It just like it just it starts the clip over. This is the TNT feed. This is what Oh, well you still kinda see it. You still see him throw his... Oh, the second replay. The second replay. Oh, the second one you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. But, yeah, don't they usually do that? I don't know. Their their tweets are usually short. Um, If they cut it out twice, I would be a little more suspicious, but yeah. We'll move on to our last talking point here to wrap up this show, and it is in regards to the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. The Lightning swept the Florida fucking Panthers. Holy fuck. Vasilevsky is a cheat code. Can we just talk about that? He has a 994 save percentage in elimination games or some shit. Yeah, I got a bunch of Vassy stats coming up. Do we want to lend any credence to the strip club accusations or controversy? Uh, or is it just irrelevant at this I point? I don't care. Like, who the fuck cares? What, uh, like, yeah, I, I didn't view it as a big deal, but I feel like it had to at least be referenced as a major talking point yeah, in like, the past 48 hours. <laughs> Uh, like if you're gonna look for that like yeah should they have gone to a strip club at three probably not but they're also a bunch of literal man babies with money like they're all drafted at age 18 and started making good money by that age most of them like how the (laughs) they're still they're in their man if i was in my mid-20s making millions i probably would be at fucking strip clubs occasionally or doing stupid shit like yeah so from the Lightning's point of view here, this was John Cooper's first ever playoff sweep, and it came against a President's Trophy winning team. Yeah, that's kind of apparently the Lightning have never gotten a sweep under John Cooper, which is insane. This was the first time that the Florida Panthers had been shut out all season. Again, they averaged four goals a game in the regular season. They were outscored in this series 13-3. to Rip. Andre fucking Vasilevsky. He made 49 saves in game four, which is the second most in an NHL, uh, in NHL history in a series-clinching game. 63 is the record by Patrick Waugh in game four of the, 20, uh, the, the 1996 Stanley Cup final, which was against Florida and sealed them the Stanley Cup. So the Panthers, uh, holy shit. In the past seven series clinching games, Vasilevsky has allowed one goal for the Lightning. <laughs> Leafs fans will yell too because of John Tavares. But, sorry. <laughs> you just have seven, to do it. I had to. I had to. I'm going to have a timer behind you for the visual watchers right here. On this fucking day is since last here. accident. Yeah, it's just going to say, it, it has been zero days. Non- <laughs> days since, since last Toogie. nonsense, but it's days since last Toogie Leafs reference. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. God. Fucking hell, man. It's that thing from the office, Christ. yeah. Go bitch about Don Sweeney some more. Christ. Andre Vasilevsky. <laughs> is the sixth goaltender in history to have a goals against average of less than one in a playoff series. I have the other numbers here. J.S. Jaguar, obviously in 2003, uh, had a goals against average of, uh, again, less than one. Uh, Tuka Rask in 2013, which I think was against Philly in round two. Only allowed two goals that series, two shutouts. 
Patrick Laleem did it in a series in 2002, five games. Marc-Andre Fleury, 2018, Pekka Rene, 2017, Mike Richter, 1994, and Martin Jones did it in a series back in uh, 2018. Yes, he did. So, a very, <laughs> very rare feat. Speaking of rare feat, Martin Jones playing good. <laughs> I thought you were going to say this. The Tampa Bay Lightning become the first team to win 10 consecutive playoff rounds since the New York Islanders in 1982, who were, of course, in the middle of their four-in-a-row run. What I was going to say, Nikita, what I could have said is, Nikita, speaking of rare feet, the Florida Panthers went to a strip club. Anyway. <laughs> That's a common feat. Considering uh, the story that I told you guys on DMs, holy shit. <laughs> the name of this episode will not be Show Feet, I promise. Um, Nikita, <laughs> I knew that would get into it. <laughs> Show me Bob. Bob and Vegeta. Oh, so Bob, <laughs> I kiss your vagina. <laughs> Hello, bitch lasagna. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> you heard the song, with right? All your, with all oh your boob God, size, yes. milk truck just arrived. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. The lightning are fucking ridiculous. Vasilevsky's ridiculous. Kucherov is fucking ridiculous. This team, I cannot imagine, will fall short. To the Hurricanes or the Rangers. No. This team is still the favorite to win the Cup this year. It's the three-peat. Holy shit. Like, that is how you sum up talking about this series from the Lightning's perspective. Holy shit. They're good. And the fact, yeah, and it honestly, it, for me, it hurts. Like, I'm not even a Leafs fan, but it's got, it, it hurts. Looking at how close the Leafs were and looking at how they just handled the President's Trophy winning team. Everyone, we all had questions. Is this the same Tampa? I, I, I was even saying, oh, this isn't the same Tampa team. Like, they're still great. It's not the same. But, motherfucker, they're, they could get back. I think they could get back to the cup. I don't know. I hope there's someone in the West who could take them off. But, like, at the same time, it would be cool to see an actual dynasty in our lifetimes. And here they are. No disrespect to the Blues or to the Flames. It has to be Colorado or Edmonton. Yep. I like, I don't see, like, offensively, like, is the grit and grind, dirty goal strategy going to work against Tampa? No, because they can do that, too. I feel like it has to be an otherworldly amount of offensive talent if this is the standard that Andre Vasilevsky is going to continue to play at. Yep. You know, it's funny. Tactics put out a tweet uh, last night of, like, uh, our good buddy Tactics uh, on YouTube as well, Tactics HD. Uh, put out a tweet saying, this is why you pay a goalie $9 million. My response was, quote, I'll take things for uh, yeah. things you'll never hear an NHL franchise player say for a 1000 Alex. Yes, I, like, yeah, I <laughs> never, ever, yeah. I'll never sign a goal. Like, my rule in franchise, I never sign a goalie for more than four years, ever. Ever. Right. Like, because they just, they're, well, much like in real life, you never know when the fuck they're going to just suck. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, look, uh, Tampa, the favorites to win the Stanley Cup still at this moment. For the Florida Panthers, this is, in my opinion, the worst loss in their franchise history. I get that you got swept in the 1996 Cup Final. That was against an ungodly team, and this was against an ungodly team as well. This is the worst loss. You know, they lost to the Lightning in six last year, and you think, okay... Let's wait for that next round. They have the best season in franchise history with 58 fucking wins. 
Just 18 regulation losses. And now they become, this is the fourth consecutive season in which the President's Trophy winner has lost four straight games. Wow. 2019, the Lightning were swept by Columbus. 2020, the Bruins won game one and then lost four straight to Tampa. Fucking kill me. 2021, the Avalanche won their first two and then lost six on a row to Vegas. Or four on a row to Vegas. Might as well have been six on a row to Vegas. The Panthers finished the playoffs one for 31 on the power play. Awful. The worst power play percentage of any team in the history of the postseason to play more than seven games in the Awful. playoffs. Just so bad, man. They were so bad. And I know I joked about it. Listen, <laughs> the reason they got swept. I, I it became a meme for me. The reason they lost game one, they didn't have jumbo. You know, it's game two jumbo. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> they need. They kept doing the same shit on the power play. It was it was painful to watch. Like that, like perimeter, perimeter. All right, let's try to force a pass. I'm like, God damn, dude! Like, put a shot on that power play at the end of this game where they may have had a chance to tie it. They, it almost half of it, they didn't take a shot. What the fuck? I don't understand how this team collapsed so badly. Like, look again, they got goalied by Andre Vasilevsky. There's no doubt. This team averaged four goals per game in the regular season. They did pretty much everything right going out, getting Claude Giroux, and just, they 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 had no answer. They got EHEs. They made their team too good, so the simulation had to punish them. That's my only explanation. <laughs> yeah. It happens. I, I know that too well. Tukey knows that, I'm sure. Can't have too good of a goaltender. Can't have too good of a team. <laughs> You know, it's funny. This was mentioned on Twitter. The Panthers theoretically traded a first plus for Ben Sherratt with the hope he'd provide good defense. At 5-on-5, five five, they allowed attempts and chances at a higher rate with him than any other defender on the ice. He was also horrific on the PK. Oof. Awful, awful trade at the time that uh, aged worse. Oof. Everything went wrong for them mm-hmm. in this series. Everything. They looked like they... Like... The end result is they looked like they didn't belong. Again, like I'm trying to find that proper balance between, yes, you got goalied versus you were too good to get goalied even by the yeah. two-time defending champions with Andre Vasilevsky. That's my point. You can get goalied a game or two. If you get goalied four games in a row, it's not just you're, you getting goalied. Like there's something bigger. And you know why? Because they didn't play jumbo in games one through three. All right, I'm done. <laughs> he, I hate to say this. Did you see him in the handshake line? He looked so fucking old. Yeah, no, he's he's. It done. made me so sad. Yeah, it made me so sad. I really done, think man. that was it for Joe Thornton. Yeah, that I, I made it. I, I was out axe throwing with my buddy, but we made it a, a point to watch that that most of that game, which was on there. And yeah, it's. I don't think that was talked about enough either. Like how that could have been Joe Thornton's last game. The fact of the matter is, the man only played thirty four games in the regular season. He didn't play a single game in the playoffs until that game. Yeah, he's he's probably done. Yeah, yeah it sucks. But what a fucking career. And again, we talked about it with Patrick Marlowe. He is instantly in that top 10 worst, you know, top 10 at the worst mark for best players to never win a Stanley Cup. And yeah. obviously for Sin, that uh, blows tremendously. Um, yeah. You- well, I'll be intrigued to see where the Panthers go from here. I think they're very much in the Leafs category of just you have to run this back. At the same time, Giroux was likely only a rental. Mm-hmm. And Barkov's new deal kicks in. He's going from five point nine million to ten, which is still a steal and a half. I uh, I'm intrigued 
I'm very intrigued to see what they do here. Uh, new coach. Make work new coach. Yeah, I don't make, like their. Yeah, play I mean you got to. I don't like their. You got to figure style at all. Brunette wasn't supposed to be the guy. Yeah. And if Coach Quinville wasn't a fucking horrible person, who now Vegas and actually free. did and actually did what the fuck he should have done all those years ago. He still would have been the head coach of this team. And this team, with Coach Quinville at the helm, I don't think they get swept. No. So I'm sorry to Florida Panthers fans. You wouldn't have gotten... I will go out there and say it. You would not have been swept if fucking Quinville wasn't a selfish prick all those years ago. You, unfortunately, have to suffer from the karma that caught up to him. Yep. That is my take on this series. Yep. I agree Andrew Burnett's probably gone. I still think the Panthers are going to be a very fucking good team. Call the Arizona Coyotes to get rid of Sergei Bobrovsky. He's not the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you don't have any of your first-round picks in the next three years. You're probably stuck with them. Boys, with that, I think we can call it a show. Um, between episode titles, either name that cheese or Eric Carlson, quality control manager. We're going to make what the fuck is this? We'll see if that second one will fit. Uh, any final thoughts on anything we talked about today, the series we just talked about, or you guys think we're good to wind things down here? That's fine. I'm here in we're Ottawa, good. Canada. People on a podcast are making fun of me. This wouldn't happen if the Sens never traded Eric Carlson. <laughs> Dream guest, Brian five oh, or six. Please. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, what are you up to? Where can the people find you here before again? We'll be back on Thursday. So a couple uh, quick episodes in succession just to make it work with our schedules. And uh, what do you got going on? I don't got a lot. Uh working. Uh working, working, working. I got into I got back into the Ghost Recon series of games. I tried streaming it last night. Uh, turns out, uh, Advanced Warfighter absolutely sucks. No, sorry. Future Soldier absolutely sucks on PC. <laughs> Completely. So many issues. I have to, like, run it in, like, a windowed mode. But, like, the windowed mode only works if you have it, like, windowed. And then you can't, like, move anywhere off the screen at all. And it, it's a mess. So I'm probably going to go grab uh, my 360 under my desk and use that to play it instead. Uh, I've decided to go back to Twitch because streaming to zero people on YouTube is different from streaming to zero people on Twitch. Because at least you can get proper raids and everything. So I'm back on YouTube, back on Twitch. Wads are gonna be uploaded to YouTube eventually. Uh, yeah, well, we're not recording the podcast. You can catch me live at 5:30 Eastern, and that's what I do, and that's where I be. <laughs> the way you start off 5:30, like, what the fuck are you giving out an address? I didn't, I didn't think you had a streaming schedule. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, you can find me at 5.30 Real Street. By way of fuck Tim Peel Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) God damn. Sin, what do you got going on, buddy? Yeah, um, still on the YouTube side of things. Sin for the Win Productions on Twitter quite a bit for the playoffs here. Sin FTW Prod. Go follow me. I've actually gained quite a few followers, which is weird around playoff time. I usually lose a bunch. Um, Like me. (laughs) Yeah, like Turkey. I'm so. (laughs) close to a thousand now man i'm like 920 look at me go finally one day that's it that's all i fucking want on twitter then i won't care anymore i'm just like get Mm. let me just just want the want that digit anyway um also uh check me out on instagram as well at paul cinders you can see some of the pictures from my life and my music and stuff that's where most of that is uh 
directed. And of course, on Spotify, Apple Music, and all the major platforms, Paul Cinders. Music out now, almost up to 150 monthly listeners on Spotify, which is hey. honestly fucking crazy. I didn't think it would be this this good at this early. So thank you guys for those of you out there who have listened. I think a lot of people don't understand just how much that is and how difficult it is to get like a music it, like a music numbers or podcast numbers like that. Especially when I haven't had music in a like music sold um, ever ever for myself, but as mm. in any band like since um since yeah when i was in my early 20s <laughs> there you go uh, don't and again, call it a comeback don't call it a comeback he has kind of been here for years <laughs> but now he's really pushing for it uh and again you can find both of them playing nhl 2k10 with me twitch.tv forward slash 2k24 including tonight um and again Fucking all star, Danny yeah. Heatley, and of course that's those episodes are being uploaded to uh, my second channel, of course TWOGIE24. Of course, the main channel has a bunch of the stuff that Endo and I have been doing, which I'm very, very happy with. Again, all those links can be found. Uh, I started, I finally made a link tree on my Twitter that just has fucking everything that you need to know. So that's an easy way to find it. Link tree uh, slash Tuki24. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much does it. You know where to find us at this point. We thank you again for listening, uh, watching, and supporting the show. Obviously, YouTube side, if you haven't, drop a like, subscribe. On the audio side, rate the podcast if you haven't already done so help us out with all that alg- algorithmic bullshit can that Al be the Gore. title of the episode algorithmic algorithmic bullshit there you go <laughs> will bullshit get past the censor <laughs> no but algorithmic could be the title of the show although eric carlson quality control manager has my heart <laughs> everybody again we will see you on thursday for another edition of the podcast, and uh, by that point, the St. Louis Blues might be out of the playoffs. It's so. a three-one lead for Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to Blues fans again. I like your team, but uh, fuck your coach. Yeah. Hope it's Colorado in five. Yeah. And uh, yeah, have a good day. <laughs> have a good day, everybody. Oh, fuck Craig Berube and Tim Peel and spread love. Especially- <laughs> and and spread love, <laughs> peace and love. Fuck Craig Berube and Tim Peel. Peace and love, Ringo Starr.